0: Grace, mercy, and peace are yours this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. This one bothers me because I think sometimes we end up talking about Thomas a lot more than Jesus. It's probably not a great habit to be in. You know what I mean? It's even how we talk about this story. Like we call Thomas by his nickname, even though it's not in the Bible. The story isn't called walking through a wall, risen from the dead, peace Given Jesus. This story is called Doubting Thomas. And it's not just sort of that Christian shorthand we all come up with to describe the Bible story. We end up saying more than we really mean to. We say that Thomas's sins totally died for on that cross right there forgiven, kind of, forgiven, but not forgotten, forgiven, but he should be remembered for all of eternity by his sin of wanting to boop the Lord, forgiven, but not really. It's a fun new idea. We take hold of it, walk it out into the world, and use it on each other the exact same way. Oh, he's Christian, sure, baptized. Washed in the blood of Christ that cleanses from all sin, but not really. I mean, in fact, I'm just going to go ahead and take that sin that Jesus says is gone as far as the East is from the West. I'm going to chain it to you so close that it becomes a part of your first name. And Doubting Thomas is born, right along with divorced Paul, drunk Peter, deadbeat John, and every other name that we can attach to somebody that Jesus died for. Because talk about forgiveness is all well and good, but we still remember. Whatever else happens for the whole rest of their life, we will know them by their weakest moment. We can move forward, sure, but they—they they are scarred by their past for everyone to see. And just in case somebody can't, we'll tell them. Don't worry. I mean, the eighth commandment fine i guess maybe tells us that we should not bear false testimony against our god and this means that we should fear and love god so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor betray him slander him or hurt his reputation but defend him speak well of him and explain everything in the kindest way but i guess that would mean then to make sure that our neighbor would never escape their darkest sin isn't christianity It's just a culture of shame where our only real hope is that somebody else did something worse than us so they can have more scars for everybody else to stare at. But just a thought, what if this story isn't about the one guy who expressed a little bit of doubt and weakness and is marked for the rest of us as a warning of what happens when we accidentally confess to being real sinners too? What if it's about Jesus? For sinners. What if it's about a God who loves us so much that even after dying for all of these sins that we carry around and all of the labels that we wear, all of the scars that we bear, rises from the dead to show that they really are brought to nothing, that upon that cross, your sins really were forgiven, and even as he has risen from the dead, he has risen indeed, alleluia. We are free from their curse. What if this same Jesus actually loved sinners enough not only show up for the worthy but for the sinners for the doubters like me what if he said really weird stuff like peace be with you because if he was serious and that cross wasn't pretend and that resurrection really happened and it did then jesus doesn't show up to guilt trip thomas but to actually give him the peace that he is so desperate for If you actually let Jesus be the star of his own show, the main character in his own book, the details really start to shine through. This Jesus still has holes in his hands. He has a wound in his side that is so deep that a hand can disappear clean into it. He still bears the echoes of the cross, where he bled and died for Thomas, where he bled and died for me, where he bled and died for you. And these marks that our Lord has even risen from the dead, they are not just proof of his love and forgiveness and peace. They are Christ's burdens to still carry after the resurrection. These scars that Jesus still has even after rising from the dead, they are all of your sins that he bled for, that he paid for, that he died for. And he still has those scars because he doesn't just take your sins from you to die on the cross for them and then give them back to you afterward for you to deal with. These aren't your scars to carry anymore. He doesn't give them back. He still carries them. Even now, he bears every evil, every sin, every scar, every wound. Jesus still carries the marks of these things. Because that means you are not the sinner. That's what forgiveness is. You are not the sinner. Those holes in his hands show something else. Jesus is the sinner. You are not the doubter, or the drunk, or the thief, or the adulterer. Jesus is. He who knew no sin became sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is what it means that our Lord would bear the cross. He became the sins of the world, took them from you, so they're not yours anymore, brought them to nothing in the cross, and rose from the dead. He has the marks to prove it. So be at peace. Stop trying to wrestle your old scars out of Jesus' hands. He's not going to let them go. All you get instead is Peace. This is why we speak confession in church. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Because God wants you to have the very same peace that he gave in that room. He sends out pastors speaking it, speaking literal, tangible forgiveness, pointing to he who forgives sins by bearing sin himself, Jesus Christ our Lord. We confess because we get to hear absolution, the peace of a crucified and risen Jesus. It takes words that our Lord sends me to speak to you. In the stead and by the command of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And they are gone because our Lord would take them from you. He would carry them for you. He would die for them for you. And he would rise from the dead even still to carry their burdens, their scars, their marks. No longer do you have to hide your sins and your scars. These are just echoes of the cross, the things that Jesus bled for, Jesus died for. You don't have to pretend to play forgive and forget. You don't have to pretend that you don't remember what you can never unsee. You don't have to try and force yourselves to forget instead. You get to look to the wounds that still bear our sins. Where our Lord would say, put your finger here. See my hands. Put out your hand. Place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Peace be with you. Your sins are forgiven. You can look to our Lord and see it. This is where your sin belongs. When you doubt, when you struggle, when you cannot unsee, forgive and remember. Our Lord has borne these things for you and he still carries their scars. Peace is for you, because Jesus is crucified for you. Jesus is risen for you. See, he still bears all of your sins and all of your scars for you. You are forgiven, and you will rise too, whole and undefiled, for it is Jesus who bears all your scars. And even until then, he'll just keep showing up and bringing peace to sinners like us. In the name of Jesus, amen.